it's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast Season 2! Okay, we can cut the shitty fanfare. Alright, well, anyway, as always, why do I do this? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible horror movies. And you'll be sure to know that each episode I'm going to delve into the world of these terrible horror movies, no matter how bad they are. So if you've made a horror movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you finally made it to Season 2, Episode 1, and you want to do a movie that you love and a lot of people have been asking for? Why, you get to do the film Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I can't believe that I've made it a year already. And it's funny, the date that this episode released is the date that I released the very first episode of this podcast, where, quite honestly, I had very little idea to what I was going to do. Uh, And it's melded into something that I really enjoy doing, and I hope you guys enjoy listening as well. And I do want to give a shout out to a couple different podcasts out there. Uh, that have been very helpful, um, and you're definitely going to hear from one of them again pretty soon uh, because they uh, selected one of the movies that's going to be coming up in a couple episodes. Uh, so the first one, of course, uh, I want to give a, a big shout out to uh, is Beers, Buds, and Brutality. Uh, those guys, and you can find them. Uh, it's at Three B Horror Pod on Twitter. Uh, those guys also have a movie that's going to be done that I was trying to avoid, but the pressure just came too much from them. Uh, and I said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a later episode as well. But, uh, they have been very interactive with me and I appreciate, uh, all that, uh, the support that's coming from the community. Uh, the other one that I want to talk about, of course, is the Fear Merchant. Um, and, uh, that guy... We've talked about before, but he's been very, very, uh, you know, he's actually had, we've had some good conversations about things, and uh, I'm trying to figure out a way, and I'm not going to guarantee this for everybody, but to actually have a couple guests come by and maybe do a more freeform uh, discussion. He's at the Fear Merchant, um, 
and it's a lovely account please i would definitely follow them uh as well and then there's a there's a new guy there's a guy that has been with the podcast since the beginning his name is scott crawford uh, and he started a podcast originally, uh, recently, well, he joined one, I believe, uh, called The Horror Drunks, and it's at The Horror Drunks, and The Horror Drunks on Facebook, uh, and it's a very interesting podcast, uh, it's, they, the guys have a very good knowledge of horror, and I would definitely check them out as well, uh, and then the last one I want to talk about is, uh, Don't Go Down That Road podcast, and they're at DG. I know I'm going to mess something up because uh, I'm not looking at it. DGDTR podcast. Uh, please go check them out as well. Uh, the the host, Rachel, has an infectious laugh uh, that I very much enjoyed while listening to the podcast. Uh, and they sent me a goodie bag, uh, a little nice little thing, some stickers, a button, uh, some Mexicali candy. Uh, and I appreciate it. And uh, if you guys, you know, you want anything, um, you know, if you're part of a podcast and uh, you want to, you know, get a shout out or just uh, you want somebody to check out your stuff. And especially if you're a horror based podcast, please uh, go to my Twitter, send me a direct message and let me know and I'll do a couple shout outs. Uh, something new for season two. Uh, hopefully not as awkward as that. But. I guarantee you guys will get the B-movie style reviews for the B-movie movies that I watch <laughs> moving forward. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Now, this movie to me is probably, if not the favorite, it is definitely my top three favorites of all bad horror movies from everything... <sighs> From the costume design to the set design to the really bad ADR that we'll get into. Everything about this movie, for the most part, most people shouldn't like it, uh, to be honest. Um, it's it's fun. I, I It's not so much a horror movie, though it does have one really excellent scene that I love. Uh, and it, it there's just something about it. I think that part of the thing that... Uh, really is one of the reasons why I love it so much and this is going to sound really sappy so you can skip over this part if you really want to for about 30 seconds but it's one of the first things that my wife and I bonded over so it's her favorite movie of all time uh my uncle fucking loves this movie I've got family that love this fucking movie uh it's really incredible like how many people I found out have such a strong connection to it and i understand this is a very big cult classic and everybody can say what they want well you're maybe talking out your ass and blah, 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 blah. but i don't care this is the way that i feel about this movie it's just that it's gotten a lot more love in the last couple of years and it's kind of like those guys from the beers uh buds beers and brutality uh podcast have said like another movie where that movie which i'm gonna have to watch uh <laughs> gets a lot of undeserved praise uh, for being the worst horror movie in the world, uh, and partially because of that documentary. Uh, and again, we'll talk about that movie in another podcast. But I feel like sometimes people feel maybe this film gets the same type of recognition in that regard. But it's definitely a much better movie than most people give it credit for. I don't think that... Uh, 
there are definitely moments in this film where the acting is so bad that it's it's almost unbearable, uh, especially from one of our main characters, Mike, uh, as well as Dave. Dave uh, sometimes looked like he was supposed to be that dramatic actor that all of a sudden he just, you know, uh, he dropped out to do a couple films or he got a couple of big roles and then came along, I need the money, killer clowns from outer space. And I, look, I can be a real actor if I maybe if I either start from here or do whatever, and I'm gonna give this the best. Uh, but it's really not; <laughs> it's not the best in the world. You could do a whole lot better, Dave. Uh, and I mean, but this is you know, this is killer clowns from outer space. It, it's it's really not meant to be that high caliber uh, horror film that you know you expect to out of bigger budget movies and in coming from 1988 this isn't that bad really uh like i said the the costume work for the clowns is amazing uh there's some nice puppeteering that goes on in the film uh there's some good stop motion animation that happens in the film uh and then there's a couple of really weak things that happen in the film that you know i kind of gloss over but when you're really trying to look at the movie You've got to give it your all, and you've got to focus directly on it. So, for me, this is like the the fun movie. And I'm going to give that disclaimer in the beginning, because no matter how bad this movie actually is, I love it. And I can't be biased away from that. So, what a film to start for season two, because of the love I have for this movie. But I'm trying to try to be objectively as possible to make sure that... I get everything that I want to say about this film straight and uh, honest to everybody out there. So, without further ado, let's get into this lovely movie. Now, the first thing that you're going to notice is it comes up on uh, Big Top Burger. There's going to be a lot of different circus references in this movie from, uh, you know, and in... Uh, well, actually, it's not as many as you think. It's really just this and the pl- hiding place and then, you know, the clown stuff that goes on, of course. Uh, and the funny thing is is that most of this was actually shot in Santa Cruz, California, where I lived. And it doesn't get enough play. Uh, I mean, this is supposed to be Crescent Grove, oh boy, but really, it's in the Santa Cruz area. And I really wish that, you know, there would be more uh like with the lost boys specifically lost boys is shot heavily in santa cruz california and it's shot uh on the boardwalk as well as uh in in different spots around uh the coast uh, and in sometimes in not sometimes but some places inland um but it gets a lot of fanfare down in santa cruz because it was such a big movie and it showcased so much of the city and I really wish Killer Clowns would get the type of uh, fanfare that The Lost Boys gets. Because it's shot a lot in Santa Cruz and Watsonville. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the forest areas there. And, hey, uh, you know, Santa Cruz's own Christopher Titus in the beginning of this movie gets killed really fast. So, hey, why can't you sell that out? I, I know, Mr. Titus, uh, you don't necessarily want to be associated with this film anymore. Or... As you told me that uh, this film is going to be the death of you. But hey, you're only in it for about a minute. Maybe not even that. You get the the intro right after we get to meet uh, our favorite cop of the ki- film, Mooney. This is Mooney calling in. Radio, what's doing, Kurt? 
Nothing yet, Dave. But Friday night's just starting. I'm heading across town to the park. Check in with you later. So Mooning goes off, and then he almost runs into Christopher Titus, who's carrying a bunch of beer in his arms. And he's walking up to make out point, or whatever you want to call it, but that's basically what it is. This is a college town. Hey, look, UCSC is in Santa Cruz. Uh, I wonder what the name of the college here in Crescent Grove is. Is it, uh, you know, UCCC? Wow, that's the lamest thing I think I've ever said. Let's move on. So as the camera pans around uh, at all the cars, we see all the different college kids making out. And in the distance, we get to meet Paul and Rich, who have an ice cream truck and are supposed to be the comic relief for the movie. I'm Jojo the Ice Cream Clown with the bestest ice cream in town. We'll give you the stick, you give it a lick, and it'll tickle you all the way down. Ice cream, ice cream, we brought our goodies here to you. A tasty treat for while you screw. Okay, now, I don't know about you, and I know how the kids reacted in this film, but uh, ice cream sounds really good after sex, doesn't it? Like, it would be something to help cool you down. It's nice and sweet. I mean, you're not going to really use it in any type of act, but honestly, like, you're done, you're relaxing. Hey, ice cream. Ice cream would be great. I think this is a great plan. Well, the kids there don't really think it's a great plan at all as they start hucking everything in their cars at the poor guys, and that ruins their whole time because they've got a couple of girls in the back of the ice cream truck. Great idea, Paul. Everybody loves ice cream. What do you mean? It was your idea. Hey, why don't we just park here for a while? Hey, what are you guys trying to pull here? Oh, well, we we thought we'd park here for a while. You said we could have all the ice cream we wanted, but you didn't say anything about parking. What kind of girls do you think we are? I told you they weren't that stupid. We want you to take us home right now. Yeah. Take it easy. Keep your shirt on. Don't worry. We intend to. They got burned already. We're basically like five minutes into the film, and these two guys have been fucking called out as losers that can't sell their ice cream and have bad ideas, which, again, I think it's a good idea, to be honest with you. And then they can't score with two, and this kind of pains me, but this is the 80s, two fat chicks. Uh, it doesn't pain me for the fact that it's, you know, uh, they're fat chicks, and I'm not trying to make any correlation with that. But it's the fact that these guys, well, these ladies, are so hungry for ice cream that they'll just go with these guys to get the free ice cream and drive around while the other two try to score with them. Uh, really, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not really a spring chicken here, but uh, really... This is the, what you're going to do. I understand it's 88 and maybe this is part of, again, the comic relief that's not really comedy. But you can't really do that anymore. I mean, yeah, you can. Of course, you can say things. There's a lot of women that make fun of fat things, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I don't want to get into another thing, another Michelle Rodriguez type of rant. Uh, but honestly, it's just stupid stereotypes. and It's not really that funny. Even if I was like, oh, okay. It's still not a very funny scene, except for them getting burned with the fact that they're going to keep their shirts on. But honestly, ladies, you should probably keep your shirts on anyway. So they drive off, and we get to meet Debbie and Mike. And Debbie and Mike are making out in the back of his his car on a raft. Like, does sexy time really 
need a raft? Like, is that comfortable? I would imagine that the the texture of the raft itself, uh, you know, well, it'd probably burn your knees for one, um, or your back, or wherever you're trying to do. Uh, <laughs> please don't think of all the positions that clowns can be in. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but honestly, it's like these two, they're on a raft. Like, you couldn't put down blankets, you couldn't maybe get a little mini mattress, an airbed. An airbed usually has something nice and soft on top of it, especially if just using it. Or just fucking don't be lazy and don't go out and make up point. You're a fucking college student. This isn't high school. You're not gonna go out, you know, and... I get, it's weird. They're supposed to be college students. Uh, there's times where I think that they, well, at least in the beginning, I thought they were high school students because it seems like this, where they go out to, like, make out point. Like, you're a college town. You have a dorm. You have a way to make out or have sex that isn't on a hill. Maybe something's exciting about, you know, being around a bunch of other able-aged people and getting caught. And I... I really don't get it and don't understand it so while they're making out right there all of a sudden across the sky a meteor goes by well they at least believe it to meteor we then cut to a scene with a hillbilly and his experiences in seeing the meteor itself did you see that little sky jockey zip down in there poo Haley's Comet, and he's landed in our backyard! There's going to be thousands of people! Thousands of people are coming! They're going to have hot dogs! going to have helicopters and airplanes and tacos! This is our lucky day! We're going to be rich! Boo, we're going to be rich! So, this is Farmer Green, and this is our hillbilly for the film. And he's really only in it for the beginning because when he goes to inspect the the falling comet, he actually finds a giant circus tent. And he's very, very interested in seeing what's there. And he and his dog Pooh are ultimately captured by the clowns. And it's kind of neat because we get to see one of the clowns up close and personal right at the beginning of the film. I mean, we're literally about 10 minutes into here and we've already seen one of the bad guys and what they look like. He is really fucking creepy and the design of the clown is very very good uh there's a couple of times where you can see in the back where the zipper for the mask is uh and it's one and few between and one of them is during one of the famous scenes and it's kind of funny when i saw it and it's weird that i saw it for the first time uh in re-watching this film for the podcast uh but overall those outfits, I mean, the the clown get up, the, the normal wear and tear that they, they're wearing looks, you know, like clown. But it's the uh, masks that they use for each of the clowns. And the facial animations are pretty good. And you get a, get a very good sense of feeling of what they're trying to portray. They're not as scary as, well, not all of them are as scary as I would like them to have been. But it still is neat to see these type of uh monsters really quick unlike some other films where you may have waited for a while you may wait a good half an hour to 45 minutes to finally see whatever this thing is and then when you see it you're like oh well that that's kind of shitty or you're like oh man that's fucking cool and then it loses its coolness as it goes out Right, so, but with these clowns, uh, what I really like is the fact that you, you see them right away, 
very early on, and there's so many different types of them uh, that they some of them look really awful, and the ones that they focus on look really great. But for now, this one decides that it's going to go ahead and start zapping poor Farmer Green here with one of his lasers, ultimately flashing a bunch of lights and then moving on to the next scene. Now we're in the police department, and Mooney has brought in some like goth or punk-looking kids from the street that's supposedly doing something in one of the parks. Mooney is bringing these kids to show them a lesson or something like that, and for the first time, we actually get to meet Dave instead of just being called out to him. Dave is kind of an interesting character. There's something about him that you find out in a little bit that kind of changes your perception of him versus how you first meet him. Because he seems like he's kind of like the good guy cop. Here, let's take a look in on the interaction between him, the goths, and Mooney. You guys go to the college, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So why don't you just stay there and do your drinking on campus? Why do you have to come into town? Well, I mean, we live in this town, too. I mean, we don't have to just stay on campus. Yeah. And it's scum like you that are killing this town. Come on, Kurt! Come on, come on, come on, come on Kurt! Now, just take it easy. Just Watch out, man, Dave! You got a thing for these little boys? Okay, so you have this kind of like good cop, bad cop thing that's going on here. You have Dave. He seems like he's kind of like the pure of heart cop. He just doesn't want to have any trouble or anything like that. You know, asking those kids, well, why are you drinking down here? Why aren't you drinking on campus? I should say the same because I asked the same question. Why are you fucking up here and why are you not fucking on campus? With the people that are up at Makeout Point or wherever the fuck it's called. Uh, And... You have Mooney. Mooney is truly the dick of the police force and the dick of the movie. But Dave kind of shows his other colors at other times. And we'll we'll go more into that as the movie moves on. Because I don't want to get into it too much right here. Uh, but it's this weird persona that he's kind of trying to give off at this moment. At least from the acting angle. Like, here's the guy. Either he's fresh to the force or... He's the one that kind of believes in everybody from the force. I, I don't really know because we don't really have a whole lot with him in this scene. Now, Mooney, for example, we kind of got a little bit in the beginning, but they didn't kind of show him as being a dick just yet until this scene. I mean, he has to make a like a homophobic fucking joke against him, being like, you like these little boys? You know, and honestly... The the actor that plays Mooney, uh, who's John Vernon, is very good at his role in this film. And he's probably my favorite character in this film because of how much of a dick this guy actually is. And it's weird because he's been in movies like Dirty Harry and I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. So, like, for him to... this is And this is one of the last few roles that he did. I mean, after he did this movie in 98... He basically did five more films. He's good. He did, after this, he did I'm Gonna Get You, Suck Up, Mob Story, The Naked Truth, Malicious, and then Sorority Boys. He was also in National Lampoon's Animal House. And also, Herbie Goes Bananas. Huh. Herbie Goes Bananas. Okay, weird to go from that to this, but uh, he still definitely gives one of the better, more heartfelt, and looks like he's actually having a lot of fun with this role in this film. Uh, and Mooney says to Dick that he wants to beat up the kids, but of course, this is where we get to see Dave being kind of the hero in stopping Mooney from doing so. 
Oh, look, you got this problem with my training. I don't care. But when you bring someone into the station, I don't want to see you beating them up. Now, if you're going to book them, do it according to procedure. Or I swear, Kurt, you and that badge of yours will be history. I'll tell you what's going to be history, Dane. These kids. Now get in there. Get in there! Okay, so we can definitely tell the difference of acting levels between both of these guys in this scene alone. Dave's acting is pretty wooden through most of the film and here it kind of shows but he's trying to be that tough and rumble cop and kind of like i said very early on in the beginning of this podcast he is definitely like trying to be that dramatic actor and maybe this role is something i do and maybe he's doing it for shits and giggles and i never really realized that or he's really just trying to act out the role and that was the direction he was given by the chiodo brothers i don't know it's weird but definitely you can tell where he's a little stiffer versus Mooney who is being very entertained by doing the role and definitely the veteran actor is winning out throughout the full movie so now we go back uh out to Mike and Debbie uh they've decided to follow the shooting star because hey why not what could possibly go wrong over here right I mean they walk up upon the shooting star wait it's not a shooting star they discover the circus tent as well holy shit it's no shooting star looks like uh, circus tent what's a circus tent doing all the way out here it's a pretty lousy location for a show something's wrong this this doesn't feel right weren't, weren't we looking for the shooting star come on this looks neat let's check this out no let's go i've seen enough Oh, come on, Deb. I want to take a closer look. You can stay here. Alone? Well, would you be more scared if you came with me or if I left you here? If you left me here, let's go. Okay, Mike, that's kind of a dick move going on there. Would you be better if I just left you alone in this scary, scary woods where somebody could possibly get you? Or can we do what I want and go inspect this fucking creepy clown thing that fucking showed up this circus here? Which one would scare you more? Uh, possibly being killed in the forest by some random guy. Yeah, see what I told you, bitch? Come on along with me. Like, really, Deb? Like, you could have just been like, well, fuck you. Give me my lamp. I'm going to go back to the car. It should be here. You know, I understand that it's scarier being out here than being up there uh, in, you know, some random circus tent in the middle of the forest. But honestly, that's your girl, dude. Don't just fucking be like, well, bye. (laughs) So they enter it, uh, this tent, though it's weird because uh, Farmer Green, when he was trying to find a way into the tent, he couldn't find any way into there. But these two magically find something really, really quick, and they're actually able to enter the tent. It kind of freaks them out at first, but Mike thinks he has an idea of what type of circus this actually is. <laughs> this is bizarre. What kind of circus is this? This is that, that new wave, European Circus Fantastique. Hurry, hurry, step right up. See the Circus Bizarro! Come one, come all, step right up, little lady. Don't be shy, don't be stupid. Come see the incredible Miss 50-50, half man, half woman. The perfect double date. <laughs> yeah, that's where little lady step right up here and see Gumbo, the toothless elephant. 
Oh, right over here, we've got Belinda, the Billy McWonder. Watch her binge and purge before your very eyes. <laughs> Mike, keep it down. Somebody will catch us. God, this place great or what? God, it looks like it was decorated by Clowns R Us. Okay, first off, you're the worst carny in the fucking world. And secondly... Those, like, newfangled Circus Bizarro type things. You're talking about a fucking sideshow. You're not talking about a fucking circus. I thought you were talking about more like Cirque du Soleil, where we're going to have these amazing fucking trampeze artists, and they're going to come flying around the whole studio, and then you're going to, like, be amazed by the fact that he can curl himself into a little fucking ball and then roll everywhere. Uh, That this lady, she can recreate BB-8 with just her vagina and... (laughs) One boob hanging out. You know, that's the type of circus that I'm talking about. It's not this like, oh, step right up and see the strong man, the guy that can lift two ton cars, or maybe come to the tooth and the tooth? Oh, well, we're going to see Tooth the Toothless, the man with just five teeth. Though I called him Toothless, I'm not sure why I called him that, because I am the second worst carny in the world. Yeah, I mean, of, of course, he did a good job, better job than I did, I should say, being the worst carny in the world. But honestly, that's what you're kind of intending to see here, right? You're not really trying to see uh, a sideshow if you're going into a circus tent. Uh, usually they're on the outside, or, you know, a sideshow, you could also call it a freak show uh, if you wanted to. So... They start exploring this whole thing, and everything is kind of weird. They end up in one room where there is seems like there's an, a, a horrible, horrible pit. And it looks pretty good because it's a very nice, like, matted scene. Um, like a, a drawing with some animation off to the side. And they're kind of in the corner of it. So either it, it's really good perspective in terms of they're standing and the camera's facing above it on looking down on that, or it's a decent green screen effect, because you can't really tell that they've been moved into it. I mean, you can, because it looks so bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, cheesy, cheesy bad, not like bad bad. Uh, but it, it's definitely a good use uh, of the camera and of the, the sets around them. And it's weird, because right away, uh, Debbie does notice something. The shooting star! What are you talking about? The shooting star we went to go look for. We are in it! Of course Mike doesn't believe her right there and then, and they walk into a giant room that is relatively empty, but it is filled with some pink, like, they're supposed to be cotton candy, but those are testicles. I'm sorry. They're filled with pink fucking testicles all over the goddamn room. But as Mike believes, it's a... You know, I don't know if we saw it there before, but, uh, <laughs> this looks like a cotton candy factory to me. Yeah. This must be where they're hanging up to dry before they ship the stuff out. No, it's not. I've never seen anything like this before. Have you? No. Well, that's because nobody has. I don't believe in UFOs. But if they do exist, then then we're trapped in one right now. I mean, we just calm down. There's got to be a logical explanation for this. This isn't what you think it is. Nobody stores cotton candy like this. What are you talking about? Of course it is. <laughs> Look. It's at this point that Mike rips off a piece of the cotton candy to reveal the face of poor Farmer Green, 
who is all bloodied and looks like it's being all kind of congealed into the cotton candy. It's kind of a neat idea how they keep bring all the different elements of circus and clowns into everything that they do in this film uh especially when it comes to the music and i haven't really talked about it and you heard a little bit about it in the intro and you'll hear it now and then but everything even if it's trying to be creepy it tries to be a little blend of some type of clown or circus related music along with everything that the clowns use from them uh, beginning to you know when they zap the people uh in this is not a spoiler yet but they turn it in them into cotton candy and it's kind of the way that they capture them and i think when you look at the way that they're held inside this cotton candy cocoon and especially when you see the part that gets ripped off that shows farmer gene's face uh you get a very like bloodied up person so it seems like it's like sucking the life energy out of them as well as extracting the blood into the cotton candy or just melting the body down to a viscous type of goo that maybe they can do something with uh which well again we'll talk about it later on but even to the weaponry that they use and the different styles of things that they come out after people it's pretty neat uh how far they went in developing the whole clown world and the clown uh technology that goes on so after this horrific discovery by mike and debbie they are interrupted by some of the clowns and so they start to escape we get a very kind of funny scene where the clown puts together a dog from balloons uh, that comes to life and it's like the bloodhound that's chasing after the dogs. And it's a very it's a very silly looking scene because you've got them holding the dog out and they're like walking back and forth. And I, it's funny because I'm doing the motions as I'm sitting here. But like they're kind of waddling when they run because they're not really running. They're Looks like whoever the people that were in the suits, uh, they're having a very hard time with those giant fucking feet. Uh, and they're just kind of like moseying, like cowboy moseying, but in a faster way. Uh, as they're like with the dog and the dogs and beep, beep, beep. And it's a decent puppetry effect for balloons uh, when they, they actually have the dog out. And so they're chasing him and uh, Mike and Debbie are running away. And then they shoot something at them, which happens to be popcorn. Are you okay? I, I think so. Popcorn, why? Popcorn! Because the clowns, that's why. And so they end up getting into their car, and when they back up, they back up into the clowns, and they run over... No, not the dog. Man, I thought there were going to be no violence against animals in this film. Fucking Chiodo brothers. Why would you do this? Why would you ruin a perfectly good balloon dog? I mean, it had a family. It is going to have puppies in a couple of days. I can't believe that you did this. Why don't you go kill some more humans in your film instead of the four fucking balloon animals, you fucking heartless monsters? Okay. Call myself back together. Oh. So, Mike and Debbie rush to the police station because Debbie knows somebody that could help them there, but she says it's not going to be a very good experience and... We can all kind of guess why. So they drive up and they basically run into the cop car and out comes Dave and Debbie runs up to him explaining what's going on. Dave! Oh my God, something horrible's happened. Somebody's been killed! Wait a second, Debbie, what happened? You gotta help us. We gotta do something. There are two people dead. Who, Debbie? Who's dead? Joe Lombardo. He's dead. And, and, and some old man. 
them too. Oh, wait a second, guys. Are you sure about this? Uh, yes, he, he, they, were, they were hanging there, wrapped up in these cotton candy things, these cocoons. Cocoons? Yes, cocoons. You know, cocoons. All right, all right, everybody, calm down. Look, Debbie, come inside and explain this to me. I'd like to help you, but before I can, I've got to understand what's going on here myself. You know, after listening to them talk, what I really want to know is, why does Mike sound like Moo Moo Homer? I mean, remember that scene from The Simpsons way back in the day uh, when Homer got really fat and he was wearing the Moo Moo, and then the toxic gas was going to come to the town and it was going to kill everybody. And then he's trying to get the riots. And says, oh, there's going to be a toxic gas. It's going to kill everybody. Everybody gave me the car. That's the way Mike fucking sounds right there. He sounds like he's just rambling. Oh, there was these cocoons and there's all the people in them. And then, oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. Oh, you're going to do. You got to help me. I'm going to make sure. Oh, I'm pretty sorry. No, I'll give you the ice cream van. Wait, there's an ice cream van in this. There was an ice cream van that Homer used to save the day in that episode. Coincidence? I don't think so. Especially when we get further on in the film. Huh. Anyway, so I digress. But we get another scene of all the clowns kind of walking into town. And we actually get a very funny scene of one of the clowns mimicking uh one of the like a storefront gorilla that's dressed up like a clown but it's got a gorilla mask and honestly if i was an alien clown from outer space and that's what i saw i'd pretend to be that to blend in with the crowd but they're all descending upon crescent hill and we've got to save the day right so they go inside and of course they you know get in the conversations with mooney and mooney overhears what's going on and delivers the name of the film in the movie. Oh, boy. But instead of finding the shooting star, we saw this this circus tent. And that's when we went inside, and that is when we saw those people in those those pink cotton candy cocoons. Dave, it was not a circus tent. It was something else. What? What? It was a spaceship. And there was these things, these the, uh, killer clowns. And, and they, they shot popcorn at us. We barely got away. Killer clowns from outer space. Holy shit. Dave, we are telling you the truth. You've got to believe us. Let me tell you something, honey. I was just over there. There's nothing going on. Excuse me, please, but we're talking to Dave. Yeah, just hold on a second, Mooney. They say some people are dead. Let's hear them out. Right, Dave. Okay. Clowns, cotton candy, flying popcorn. Go ahead. Better make fools out of the police department. I told you, I was just over there. Who are you going to believe, me or this little tramp? Now, come on, Mooney. Well, there's a reason why he's going to believe that little tramp over you, Mooney, and it's not just because you're a fucking dick, but you're still fucking chewing the scenery, and I fucking love it. Uh, every time you're on screen, it's like the best fucking thing in the film. Uh, and really, why would you believe them so quickly, too? It's just because they said they saw dead people? I mean, if you have Haley Joe Osmond here and he's like, I see dead people, I'm going to believe everything you say, Haley. I'm going to believe everything. M. Night Shyamalan's a good direct... No! I'm not going to fucking believe that. Uh, except for Signs and Unbreakable and that one. The Sixth Sense. That's about it, honestly. Devil wasn't that bad. Uh, no, Brian. No! M. Night Shyamalan isn't a good director. Oh, boy. So... <laughs> so... Here you have him, and he's Dave is intently listening to Debbie, and you have Mooney just being a fucking jerk. But he's right, right? Like, why would you just automatically believe this girl just because she said dead people were there? 
you really you have to believe the and he's saying he was just there and there was nothing there and honestly i probably would believe him as well and say okay you know what why don't you go home go get some like rest maybe you've had a very stressful night maybe you're fucking wigged out uh on fucking pcp and you know you've really have been seeing things so go home let that lay off and then we'll go out and check it when it happens and then if other calls come in about clowns doing crazy shit then maybe we'll start to believe you and we'll go check it out and we'll see what's going on sound good that's a reasonable way to approach it i think other than oh yeah i totally believe you we're gonna go out there right now and it makes no fucking sense so we go from this scene to a very nice puppet show. Uh, this There's a weird booth and there's a puppets going on and they're having this thing and this guy's like all looking on. Ah, and it turns out, hey, it's a clown and it turns him into cotton candy. I'm not doing this scene justice. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, just the way that it plays out. Uh, especially when the clown finally pops out and the look on the dude's face. Because there's, there's a lot of scenes that are just with the clowns that don't have any type of uh dialogue in it it's just the clowns doing shit and you still get a lot out of all the actors and you get a lot out of uh the scenes in general uh in in some of them there's one of my favorite scenes uh that we'll be talking about coming up uh and definitely is one of the creepier scenes in this film so we cut back over to the the ride back uh and everybody thinks that they're going to go up to the hill together but dave has other awkward ideas first i'm taking you home Dave. no way i'm going back up there with you you can't tell me what to do debbie just listen to me would you i don't have to listen to you you are not my boyfriend anymore all right yeah that's right i'm not your boyfriend anymore it doesn't change the way i feel about you though debbie dave please don't do this to me all right debbie you got a choice either go home or i'm gonna take you back to the station and lock you up for safekeeping how's that okay this is really awkward because mike has just found out that's deb's old boyfriend and then dave is acting like a controlling fucking asshole still this must be the reason why she left you dave i mean you act like this through the entire fucking movie you're a guy that is still in love with her that can't get rid of her wants to do everything for her no wonder why you believed her over your fucking cop friend or your co-worker uh and it's so ridiculous and it just makes everything awkward for mike it it makes no sense this kind of comes out of the middle of nowhere and doesn't do anything other than to prove that dave is also a fucking dick and not just a fucking dick a controlling fucking dick I mean, just let her come along. It makes no sense why you need to just drop her home. I know you're trying to protect her and you think you're being the good guy. But again, this is probably the reason why she fucking left you. Because you wouldn't let her think for her fucking self. And you have to be in control of everything that's fucking going on. Look at me, I'm the big bad cop. And I know what's best for you. And that's for you to stay home and not be involved in this situation whatsoever. Even though you're the one that found the thing, you were attacked by the clowns and they may be after you at some point. But I'm protecting you because I'm the man and I say what goes. Oh boy. So we go from this very awkward scene where, you know, they're going to drop Debbie off at home to uh, some lady in like scantily clad lingerie opening the door to a clown with a pizza. Okay, 
I've seen this porno, well, not this exact porno before, but I've seen Big Sausage Pizza before, and I know what's inside that, but it turns out that it's not a porn, and I'm totally wrong, and they turn her into cotton candy. Uh, it's one of the funnier little vignettes in the movie, and it's cool how they have all of these, like, little, like, clown, like I said, clown-related things that they're doing, but, like, you see them a lot collecting everybody and you see like the next scene that they have is uh, a clown giving a box of chocolates and looking like he's the sweetest thing ever yet he's so fucking scary and morbid that you'd be like i wouldn't be like oh a box of chocolate what the fuck is that what what the hell's going on here what the fuck is this giant clown thing where'd you come from what like I don't know those circuses in town. You're scary as fuck, asshole. Pointy-ass teeth and you're smiling at me. But, of course, you know, everybody's going to be captured and uh, taken away to their spaceship, if you haven't guessed that by now. We go back over and uh, Dave is dropping off Debbie and he's going to be taking Mike up with him to wherever the, the tent was that he had saw. As Debbie gets out of the car and Mike goes up to drop her off, he has a little something to say. Your boyfriend, this is great. This you is just here. great. He's probably going to take me up on top of the hill and shoot me. Look, don't worry about Dave. It's those clowns you got to worry about. No, you got to worry about both fucking things. You definitely need to worry about fucking Dave because Dave seems like a jealous type of asshole that's just going to go to, you know, he could take him up to the hill and fucking cap him in the head and just leave him there. Or he could just drop him off and just say, you know what? Don't ever see Deb again. She's my woman, not yours. Uh, and it's so ridiculous, you know, but you do have to worry about the clowns too. But I'd probably be more worried about Dave at this moment in time. So Dave and Mike go up to the hill, and of course, when they get over there into that part of the forest where the tent should have been, it's gone, and Dave proves that he is truly a big dick. Wait a minute. Where is it? Yeah, that's what I'd like to know, pal. It was right there where that hole is. So you saying that hole is where the tent was? The tent made that hole, is that what you're telling me? Yes, it was there! Look, we saw it. That's a fact. I'll tell you what the facts are, mister. You said people are being killed. Now, where are the bodies? I don't know. I saw Joe Lombardo dead. I can only tell you what I think I saw. Oh, so now you just think you saw. No, I know what I saw. I just can't prove it. My proof is gone. Yeah, right. Turn around, pal. <sighs> Mooney was right, huh? Got nothing better to do but cause problems. Well, you're not going to get away with it this time. Get away with what? Debbie saw it, too. Yes, yeah, she did, didn't she? Ow, oh, come on. Okay, couple things here. He's using his stance as a cop to arrest him for falsely reporting people being dead. Okay, mm, I can kind of get that. A little bit of me can be like, okay, maybe that's good. But then when she goes, well, Debbie saw it too. He's like, yeah, sure she did. Like, fucking Mike just convinced her, oh, hey, guess what? We're going to go play a prank on your cop ex-boyfriend that I don't realize that was your ex-boyfriend. And we're going to go and say that there's a bunch of dead bodies up here. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we're going to have a big laugh and we're going to go away, okay? Now make sure that you say that you saw him too. And make sure that you're the one that gives the best explanation to Dave because you know who Dave is. Really? That seems like a very long laid out plan. Instead, he's just pissed off that she's no longer with him. 
and you know they both saw something so go fucking arrest deb too but he's not gonna do it because he's so much in love with her uh, stupid pop points like this whole thing just like it's some weird thing to maybe he's gonna use this in some way to get back together with her but really it's not gonna do anything because dave is just gonna be fucking creepy for the rest of the fucking film and he's not gonna be this like person that he was at the be- <laughs> when we first saw it it's like once we see deb he becomes oh i'm just gonna do everything for her type of lady and it really kind of fucking sucks to be honest with you but that's the charm of the movie we ignore these parts and we enjoy the fucking clowns going after people right right so let's talk about one of those scenes, and it's one of my other favorite scenes in the movie, because it's uh, not because it's about kidnapping kids, but just the way that it's done and how it leads up to everything that finally happens at the end of it. So we go back to Big Top Burger from the beginning of the movie, and there's a couple parents who are talking at a table, and there's a kid that's bored, and then outside, there's one of the clowns. And the clown first looks like he's flipping off the little girl, but really it's just that come here finger but because they really only have three fingers, it really looks like he's using the middle finger to say, come here, fuck you, come here, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and so she starts getting closer and closer and closer, and then it's revealed behind his back he has this giant fucking mallet. And he's going to be bashing her on the head. Everybody in this town is so, like, okay with these weird-looking clowns. It's weird. Like, I'm going to do, this is a tangent here. People are so afraid of clowns. And to me, it's never really made any sense. A lot of people, it started with It from Stephen King. Uh, it could be multiple things. could be John Wayne Gacy. It could be anything. But here, nobody is afraid of any of the fucking clowns. Even the little kids. Little kids, I can understand because they're kind of weird and they got the white paint and the weird hair. If it was a normal human dressed as a clown, I'd maybe get her reaction. But this is a weird fucking ugly fucking creature and she is okay with it i'm gonna go to this clown who happens to have a mallet that wants to bash my head open so he can steal me to possibly eat me but she's saved by her parents at the last second so we don't have to worry about the kid being kidnapped at all and i i don't get it why do clowns have to kidnap kids anyway can't you just focus in on you know the fact that you're gonna get all the adults and you probably get a lot more nutrition maybe kids though are like veal they're gonna put them in like a little cage and then like you know starve them a little bit and get them nice and soft and then they'll taste good okay i'm okay with you kidnapping kids now because it's veal it's veal aside from this scene we also get another scene and i'm doing these a little bit of out of order because it's more or less i'm gonna give more time to this one because of audio uh and this is uh i know it's a lot of people's favorite scene in the movie it's one of my favorite scenes it's not my favorite scene in the movie but it's definitely number two uh and it's the knock your block off hit uh scene and that's when the little clown comes in and he's riding his bike and you know what here let's just listen to the scene (laughs) big bad jojo coming into town (laughs) watch this baby is that bike too big for you hey (laughs) cloudy Yeah. <laughs> mean bike you got there. Yeah. <laughs> Can I take a ride, pal? <laughs> oh, come on. Can I beep the horn? <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> 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 oh, 
should have let the man ride his bike. <laughs> I'm sorry. I seem to have broken your bike. Where'd it go? my block off and that's when he proceeds to punch his head into the fucking garbage can it is hilarious it is great it's one of those scenes where you're gonna have to go back and you're really gonna have to watch it uh but even the audio is still pretty damn funny when you know what's going on and you really don't want to fuck with these little clowns do you understand this like look at i'm gonna mess with this little guy there's gonna be something kind of fucked up about him because he's got a giant fucking head and he's riding around in some really crazy i would have left that guy alone but of course you gotta be mr big man and i'm gonna go destroy his bike because i'm gonna show who's got the biggest testicles in the world uh why did i start talking like a countryman there anyway so he dies the biker scram it's one of the better scenes of the movie and then it leads in the previous scene with a kid uh, after the kids scene, we go back up into the hills and we notice that the cars uh, at Makeout Point have all been basically emptied out and there's cotton candy everywhere. And Dave himself is starting to realize maybe what's going on is actually what Mike and Debbie were talking about. We then cut over to a quick scene with Mooney who's getting calls about clowns. Crescent Cove Police Station, Mooney speaking. Wait a minute. Calm down, I can't understand you. What? Clowns, huh? And now they're at your front door, huh? Wait a minute, who is this? Stupid kids and their pranks. This is where Mooney becomes more of an ignorant dick than just being a regular dick. Because we've already had people come in and say, hey, there's clowns and they're doing shit. And then he's like, oh, I don't believe it. Oh, no, I can't do the clowns. And he also grabs quite possibly the biggest bottle of Jack I've seen in the longest time uh, and starts drinking out of it. Not directly, he at least pours it into a cup for himself. But you have now people calling in constantly talking to you about clowns and you don't believe them. I mean, if I had gotten a call like that and said, and the person obviously on the phone there is in distress and she's like worried and doesn't sound like a kid, but oh, must be the kids. I can't believe they're doing all this stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Well, back up on the hill, uh, Dave uncuffs Mike and shows him the car uh, that belonged to Christopher Titus. And the guy is obviously dead at this point. Uh, so they figure that we need to get back to the station and we need to get some more help and uh, move along. But on the ride back, we figure out that, well, Dave's still a dick about everything. I'll call the state police up in Marlboro. They've got a lab. Maybe somebody up there can tell us what this stuff is. It's not cotton candy, that's for sure. Yes, finally. That's what I've been telling you. Look, I'm sorry I was a little tough on you back there. It's been a hard night. Having Debbie involved just makes it a lot more difficult. 
What can I say? I didn't, I didn't know she... Hey, it's got nothing to do with you, really. It's, it's me. It's obvious she goes for last, not stability. Okay, now you're a delusional fucking dick. You're not just a dick. I mean, really, there are things that you can honestly tell just in your character why she wouldn't want to be with you. Because you're a controlling fucking asshole, and you think that you're better than everybody fucking else. You think you're Mr. Johnny fucking Hero when you're not. Now, we also get a couple of different scenes. We get a very good scene prior to this uh, that it's one of the best effects in the movie. It's where one of the clowns is chasing a car on a bike, but he's not really on a bike. He's just floating in the air, and then he starts bumping into the car. The The effect, uh, you know, it's very easy uh, on the... When the close-up happens, when you see him right next to the car. Of course, you can kind of figure out how it's done, but it still looks pretty good. But it's the driving part, the animation for that. For 1988, it's actually pretty good. Uh, I mean, you can kind of see some of the green screen. It's cut in there a little bit terrible, but it still looks pretty good from a film from this time. Also, here you also get some really terrible ADR. And there's a lot of... I don't know if it's necessarily ADR or if it was actually filmed like that and the sound editing is just that bad. There's a lot of scenes in this film where the guys are talking and, uh, you know, it's off by just a little bit. Either it's definitely not them speaking the line or it's them speaking it after the fact or just they could not match it up and this is the best that they could do. And that's pretty sad, to be honest. And it's weird, too, because uh, there's a couple different, from the version that I grabbed the audio from, from the version that I actually watched that we own, it's the same throughout. And I thought that the file might be a little bit different uh, versus the uh, the DVD that we, we own, uh, but they both have the same issues at the same points. So it's kind of funny. Uh, we also get a scene of... Uh, Debbie, she's finishing up or she's starting to get cleaned and she's wiping the popcorn off of her. Now, what's weird is, and my wife pointed this out to me, and I can kind of agree with that if that's the way that you want to go about it. But when she first went to the station, so when they left the, the spaceship, she had the popcorn all in her hair and it was stuck in her hair. Then she went to the station. She adds absolutely no popcorn in her, no popcorn on her whatsoever. Then when they drove her home, she had no popcorn in her again. And now that she's going to go get dressed because they need this popcorn for a scene later, she's got popcorn in her hair that falls to the floor and then goes into her hamper and goes into her toilet. It's like the popcorn's going to take an upper decker for her and she's going to find that surprise for her later. Wait, can popcorn shit? Uh, well, I, I don't know. So it's just a weird continuity error that I felt like it's maybe not a big deal. He, What my wife had said was that, hey, well, you know, it's possible that it was just on her clothes. Maybe it got underneath her clothes and when she took the clothes off, it fell to the floor. Okay, okay, I can kind of get that. Maybe a little bit. But it was all over her fucking hair. I mean, it was everywhere in her hair and stuck in her hair. And she had absolutely none. And he didn't wave any off and you know, brush any off for her. And they were in the car in the first shot when they were running away. And she still had popcorn in her hair. So she had popcorn in her hair. So, fuck you. <laughs> uh, we then cut back to uh, my favorite, favorite, favorite scene in this movie. And it's the shadow puppet scene. 
And it's really cool because at first, you know, you see a bus stop and you see a bunch of people and there's no clown. Bus goes by, clown pops up. Okay, creepy a little bit uh, and a little cliche, but it's still kind of cool. And then he starts doing the bunny rabbit on the wall. And then he just, you know, kind of moves his fingers a little bit and then creates a whole ship of people. Mike and uh, Dave show up and they see the clown and Mike wants to go after him. But Dave says, no, we need to see what's going on. And that causes the clown then after he does one more, he does like a sexy lady. Uh, and the, the, it's claymation animation in the background. Well, I think it's mostly animated, but it looks like claymation at the same time. It's very well done. It's done up on the wall. Uh, the sexy lady turns into a dinosaur and then eats everybody that was waiting at the bus stop. And it's, like I said, it, it may not be everybody's favorite film or favorite moment from this film, but this is definitely my favorite moment. And I really don't know why. I think it's just the way the clown's face looks, the way that his stupid hand, he's not really doing anything to make the shapes. He's just kind of twiddling his fingers around how amazed everybody is that he's doing these shadow puppets and they're so happy how stupid Dave is for not trying to go after the clown in the first place and save these people because ultimately they get eaten by the shadow monster uh and then Dave well it's not even Dave it's Mike he decides to take over the car hit the gas and try to run over the clown and the clown jumps up in the air and you get the first of two slowest crashes in the movie that's probably the other reason why this is my favorite scene um literally the car is supposed to crash into the wall but it clearly breaks a lot before it does it so it barely taps the wall it's like they had to rent out these cop cars and they didn't want to really damage them because they were going to return them later so we're just going to tap it very slightly against things, and then we're going to show that there's a little bit of smoke flying out the bottom of the car. Now that Dave has finally seen this clown, it causes him to call into Mooney and actually tell Mooney uh, that they need to get some backup. Of course, Mooney has other ideas for Dave. One Baker Five, Kurt, do you read me over? One Baker Five, this is Mooney speaking. I was a little worried about you. I thought the big bad clown's got a hold of you. Over. Mooney, I want you to listen to me and don't say anything. I want you to call the state police and get help. There are clowns and they are killing people. Over. Okay, let me get this straight. You say there are clowns and you've seen them. Okay, Dave, that's it. Screw you and your college flunkies. I've had enough of this from you and from everyone else. I know what you guys are trying to do. Break me down, drive me out of the force. Well, it's going to take a hell of a lot more than a lame prank like this to get Curtis Mooney to throw in his badge. So fuck you. Over. Oh, Mooney, shit. this is an emergency. Mooney! He cut, cut me off. Me. Son of a bitch, cut me off! Okay, first off, Mooney, you're a fucking idiot because he's telling you about the clowns and you've been getting nothing but calls about fucking clowns all night. So... You should probably fucking believe him, but you're probably too fucking drunk to realize that he's actually telling the truth. Two, he did not cut you off. What did he do? Turn off the fucking CB machine? Like, you even told him at one point, oh, don't say anything back, I'm just gonna talk to you. So you can keep talking, he can just fucking ignore you. So it shouldn't be, he cut me off, or whatever it is, it should be, oh, now he's fucking ignoring me. That's what it really should be. And really, Dave, you're kind of a piece of shit, so... I can understand why Kurt might want to annoy you, uh, ignore you at this point in the movie. But 
Mooney is also a big piece of shit. So I, I guess you deserve each other. So while they're arguing about everything, out of the one of the alleys come the Terenzi brothers, Paul and Rich, along with their ice cream, then they're bitching about how the girls ran away. And so they decide that they're going to split up Dave and Mike. Dave is going to go to the police station to go and make sure that he can get some help for the clowns that are attacking everybody. And uh, Mike is going to take Paul and Rich, and they're going to go and try to save Debbie. So there's a weird conversation that goes on between Mike, Paul, and Rich. And here, I'm just going to play it for you. Hey, Rich, Paul! Oh, man. Am I glad to see you guys? It's Mike. How you doing? You want some ice cream? We got no, no, man. Listen, something horrible's happened. I need your help. What are you talking about? What's wrong? There's no time to explain. There's clowns going around killing people. Huh? Uh-huh. Look, tonight Debbie and I were up, were up on top of the world, and we followed the spaceship, and there was these, there was these clowns, and they was carrying these these cotton candy cocoons, and they were shooting these 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 popcorn guns, and this this there's a circus tent spaceship, right? But it's not there anymore. But we were there. We saw the whole thing. And they say we're crazy. So? Oh, come on, you guys. I'm not fooling around. Hey, Mike, what do you want us to do? We have ice cream to sell tonight. Paul, this is more important than selling ice cream. There's clowns going around killing people. We're all in danger. Well, we haven't sold that much ice cream tonight. We haven't sold any. Come on, guys. Will you help me? Look, at least take me over to Debbie's house, okay? I think she's in danger. Does she have any roommates? Yes, she's got two. She's got two beautiful roommates with big boobs. Do they like ice cream? They love it. What What are we we waiting for? (laughs) Okay, using the line, I don't have a lot of time to explain to you what's going on. And then fucking explaining what's going on is fucking ridiculous. Two, you said big boobs. I'm totally in. Let's go. Uh, Three, they love ice cream. So see, it proves my point. Big boobs and ice cream. Ice cream goes great after sex. See, they're right. That's how you convince everybody to go do stuff. Ice cream, boobs, and long explanations of stuff when you don't have time to explain anything. Uh, That always makes me laugh. I don't have any time to explain to it, but I'm going to explain to you my entire plan. We're going to go through this one by step. Here, look, I brought a pie chart and a Venn diagram to show you where my plan lies in within this plan and uh, how we're going to actually do this and save the day. Is everybody okay with this? Did you get a copy of the presentation? Oh, shit. I need to go to Kinko's real fast. We need to make sure that we print out about one, two, three, four, about six or seven different uh, copies of the presentation. We go through it so I can explain to you what's going on in the plot. About how these clowns are coming here and they're going to go kill everybody. And we need to go to say Deb. But we don't have a really whole lot of time to go say Deb. But we need to finish this slideshow presentation first. And I got about ten more slides. How's it coming over there with the copies? Good? Good. Good. Okay, well, let's keep going. Like that, That's the type of situation that's going on here, is that I don't have time to explain, but then I have a minute to explain everything to you instead of getting in the car and just going. So after he convinces the brothers to go, Dave is on his way back to the police department to either convince Mooney or make sure that he gets more help. We also go into the police department, and we see uh, one of the clowns, actually show up in front of Mooney and Mooney first just takes it as oh okay uh this is this you guys are basically fucking with me and uh he gets a water bouquet uh well a bouquet of flowers that squirts water squirted into his face uh he turns around to go and arrest the clown and lets him know that 
I'm supposed to read you your rights. But you're in Mooney's jail. And you ain't got no rights. Alright, Buster. So he handcuffs him and then the hands actually fall off the handcuffs, which again is still really funny to me in this film and more clown stuff. Uh, and the clown goes into the jail cell and when he locks him up, he says something to him and then um, the clown uses one of those uh, like celebratory, like, I don't know how to explain it. You know, they go and they roll out. But instead of rolling out into like the just to make the noise and to be nice and long, it turns into a hand and chokes Mooney. Uh, And then he turns on the other two guys that we saw earlier in the film who are in the cell. Dave shows up and this is probably the creepier or actually scary part of the movie for me. I remember the first time that I saw it, I was pretty young and uh, it was it was spooky and it's still creepy. It's still a good scene. Uh, but we have Dave going inside and he's walking along the walls, uh, and slowly creeping through the police station. And there's basically clown shoes everywhere. Well, images of clown feet everywhere. And that's not what's scary. What's scary is, uh, he goes into the, the place where all the prisoners are because he doesn't see Mooney. And then he sees that they're, the two dudes, uh, are cotton candied to the wall that were originally brought in for drinking in public somewhere. Uh, and then when he goes back into uh, try to call for help, he you see in the background that the clown is there because the clown wasn't in the in the cells, right? So we turn around and there's a very creepy Mooney dressed up like a marionette, and man, this is well, this is what he says. Hey, hey. Oh, was last night. Don't worry, Dave. All we want to do is kill you. So it's really cool. It's really moody. It's very creepy. And I really enjoyed that that part. And that's also one of my favorite scenes from this film. Uh, so the clown pulls his hand out of the back of Mooney because he was, I hope it's the back and not his ass, uh, but he was playing him like a marionette and then he throws like the blood on the ground and then he starts to come after Dave. Dave takes a couple of shots, but he ultimately shoots him in the nose, which is what kills the clown. He spins into like a bright green top and then he explodes into confetti. Uh, it's pretty entertaining when that happens. And then, uh, after he's killed it all of a sudden all the things inside the office start working and a call comes out over the radio ACPD, this is marlboro state police dave kurt are you there over. jack jack we need your assistance the town's gone crazy people are being killed over what's all these reports about circus clowns these clowns aren't people they're some kind of they're some kind of creatures things from another planet Look, Jack, they're killing people. Officer Mooney is dead. I know I saw it. He was killed by one of these things. Could you send all available units immediately, please? Over. Come on, Jack! Calm down, buddy. Help is on the way. Hey, he's not your buddy, guy. Leave him alone. 
You need to go and actually like show up. Like he's panicking. He's told you that there's a bunch of issues. You're hearing things about clowns invading your t- this town, Crescent Cove, and you're still reluctant to come down there and actually help anybody. It's so ridiculous. Like they should have. If there's a state of emergency and everybody's telling you that something's happening, like, I can understand it, okay? If I went outside and I said, oh, fuck, Godzilla's attacking me. Godzilla, no. And maybe I should say Zilla's attacking me uh, because that might be the least scary one to attack us. Uh, And, like, I I went out and I saw it, but I didn't take pictures. Of course, this this is 98 and everybody has camera phones on them or anything like that. So you don't take pictures of the number. But, you know, I see it. And then a bunch of people, like, I go over to my friend who happens to be a cop and say, hey, man, I just saw Godzilla or Zilla, and he was, like, you know, fucking around over here. And I know he's probably not going to do a whole bunch of damage because he's a piece of shit. But, you know, we might want to watch out, maybe call somebody, get a bunch of fucking fish because he's that easy to fucking trick. And uh, get him, you know, get people out there and make sure that nobody's in the houses in case he actually does decide to destroy a building, though he's never destroyed one in his entire fucking life. So then my cop friend goes, okay, I don't know. Why don't we go out and check? And, you know, and he has this guy that's a hard ass there. And he says, dude, you know, I'm going to go check with this, you know, because he's a little panicked. I want to make sure he's okay. He comes out with me. He sees the fact that, hey, he's, you know, Zilla's made mini Zilla's and now we've got a fucking stupid movie. And, uh, so he's like, sees everything. He calls, he's like, oh man, there's a bunch of these retarded fucking, like, supposed to be Godzilla monsters out there and they're attacking everybody. And he calls for backup, and meanwhile, everybody's fucking calling in saying, man, I'm seeing retarded fucking Godzilla monsters everywhere. They don't look like Godzilla, and they don't act like Godzilla. They don't bring fire, but people are telling me it's fucking Godzilla. But they're still wrecking havoc, and they're still biting people and shit. They're not doing much damage, but man, we could really do this. You would think at that point they'd be like, okay, maybe we need to investigate this, because I've got cops in the area calling me. I got tons of people calling in. I'm hearing all these things about these stupid retarded fucking Zilla monsters attacking everybody. It's time to go in there and do it. But no, they're just like, relax. It'll be okay. Nothing's really going to happen. And we're probably going to show up at the end of the fucking movie. Oh boy. So we cut back to Mike and the brothers and they're in the car and Mike is still trying to explain what's going on, even though he had no time to explain. Look, Mike, come on. Cocoons. Popcorn guns, monster shadows, woo. I mean, what do you think we are? Yeah, we're not as stupid as we look. This isn't the first wild thing you've tried to put over on us. No, you remember Hidden Lake? Uh-huh. Oh, come on, forget Hidden Lake. This has nothing to do with Hidden Lake. Oh, we would have to be total morons to believe this clown invasion yeah, crap. If there are killer clowns running around here, then I'm Porky Pig. Well, you're going to be Porky Pig because... Uh, when you roll up, all of a sudden there's a giant clown parade where the clowns are vacuuming up people. This is a very neat scene too. It's very short, but it's cool to see them actually collecting the people of the town, uh, as well as all the different types of clowns from some of the shitty, just makeup clowns to the ugly fucking, like (laughs) he's wearing blue and white and he looks like a fucking bowling pin, but it's ugly as shit. It's probably the ugliest one. That's probably the forever alone clown, to be honest with you. The one that doesn't get any type of clown play from the other clown girls that are out there, you know, and questions whether or not he needs to have uh, his clown life, uh, you know, reevaluated. 
uh, to determine whether or not he really should be living this clown existence or not. Yeah, there's that clown there too. Uh, so they see everybody. One tries to run away, this guy from under a car, but he ends up getting shot really fast by the clown gun. Now, it's weird that all of a sudden the guns don't take forever because the couple of times you've seen people turn to cotton candy from that gun, they fucking point that thing and then it's like they're actually spinning them in the candy where this one is like a pump action fucking cotton candy gun and it's ch- ch- boom, he's cotton candy already. Weird, right? It's just, I guess, to move the movie on further. Um, we then cut back over to Debbie and, well, after being away from her for so long in this movie, and she's done with her shower, she's drying off, and looks like the popcorn is actually turned into something. Now, earlier in the film, I didn't talk about it, one of the clowns dumped some popcorn inside a trash bin, and then uh, when one of the burger guys tried to go out there and look in the trash bin after he heard these little things like making noises, it dragged him in there and killed him. And now we have Debbie, and the popcorn's been germinating for quite a bit of time in her bathroom. And when she gets out, uh, all of a sudden, these weird, like, clown heads. And it's the puppetry is actually really cool, and the models, I think, look great. Like I said, for a lot of the, the set design, whoever did, like, the set, the makeup, the monsters, all that stuff for this film deserves a fucking amazing job. Because they look great for 1988. I mean, it's still a little tricky, you know, a little weird, I guess, or a little crappy in some parts, but... I mean, I get, kind of give them a pass for the year and the fact that, uh, you know, they did some decent puppet work with them as well. So the little clown head things, they go and they bite her and she runs away and she tries to run out and she's confronted by three of the clowns. Uh, she turns around, she runs away again and when she tries to go out the window, you get the funny scene of all the clowns with the uh, little bouncy thing, like the firemen, old things when people would jump from windows. Uh, and she runs away from them and then gets tossed onto the couch by one of the clowns um but she doesn't die van helsing style and i might have to talk about that movie sometime later but um she does get turned into a balloon which is weird again so you have fast acting cocoon guns now and instead of turning her into cotton candy what you do is you turn her into a balloon instead like what are you gonna do with her like what what is she like, is she going to be turned into, like, a clown woman? And, you know, she can be part of clown society from here on out? And uh, maybe Ugly Clown is going to make her her wife? You know, like they said, if you want to make a uh, human woman your clown wife, you got to turn her in a balloon and keep her for the rest of your life. You know, you've heard the song before. I'm not going to sing it for you. Um, so, they, it, it just doesn't make any sense, like why they turn her into a balloon and they never really explain it other than it's to move the plot forward for the guys to show up at the last minute and she's being attached to the car and for the guys in the ice cream truck to chase along after her so we get that and then uh dave happens to see the ice cream truck as well being or following the clown car and so uh dave follows after them and uh the guys, uh, you know, they, the brothers, they see, one of the brothers sees the, I think it's Paul, sees the car behind them, the cop car, and says to stop. So he stops, and again, we get the world's slowest car crash ever, where Dave runs into the back of the ice cream tra- truck. 
Uh, and again, it comes to a screeching halt. And you can tell the film's been sped up uh, because it just looks comical and like something from the 1940s. Uh, but it crashes in the back of the truck. Supposedly, it destroys the cop car, though you can't really tell. And then they all drive in the ice cream cop, uh, ice cream truck, realizing that there's only one place that they could hide the big top, and that's at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. I mean, uh, it's it's over at the boardwalk uh, <laughs> down the way. We then get to see another one of my favorite scenes from this movie, which is in, involves a security officer and. He comes up uh, in, in front of the tent that he thinks is the tent, but it's obviously something else. And all the cars, uh, the clowns come piling out of the clown car. And he tells them, oh, you can't park there. And you're going to see them. And they start throwing pies at him. But they're not regular pies. They're acidic pies. And so they cause the poor dude to melt into nothingness. And before they all leave, the littlest, uh, the one that was called Big Head Jojo, uh, he puts a cherry on top of that disgusting human pile of melted garbage Sunday. Dave, Mike, and the two brothers, they show up and they see the guy melted there and they realize that they've got to go inside if they want to save Debbie. So they go inside, they start walking around and they begin to wonder what the clowns exactly are. Dave, did you get to for help? Yeah, yeah, help is on the way. You tell him it was an invasion? I told him, but I don't really believe it myself. Where did they come from? Why are they here? Why, why clowns? They're not clowns. Some kind of animal from the world that just look like clowns. Shit, Dave. Dave, maybe they're the ancient astronauts, you know, that came to a planet centuries ago? And our idea of clowns just comes from them. Well, how come they're not funny? Maybe they're from a dying planet. Maybe their sun pooped out and they need a new place to live. Maybe they're using this for experiments to dissect and study. So that means they're intelligent. So why don't they communicate with us? I mean, talk to us instead of killing us. Maybe they're just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. So wait, you're telling me that the clowns are like cats in Egypt times, right? There's pictures of fucking clowns everywhere somewhere they came to the planet at one point in time and like um who the romanians the romanians are the ones that saw them and they're the ones that decided to create all these giant clown structures and clown paintings and like oh my god i gotta dress up and act like these people or whatever you know eastern european country that may have been invaded by clowns before and this is these are our images of clowns is that what you're trying to fucking tell me? Or, you know, or are you doing trailer fodder where, you know, it's honestly probably just coming by and they're like, you know what? We need to get here because we need to get to the next stop on our tour and we need food. And we're going to stop here and we're going to eat all these fucking guys. So, the they end up getting separated. The brothers fall through a pit and end up in a ball pit with two clown chicks. I'm not making this up. There's two clown girls that are interested in these two brothers and before anything happens this scene fucking cuts and these clown girls are absolutely scary with pigtails and everything now dave and mike they've finally reached the cocoon room and they're gonna start looking for debbie okay this is where we were before oh this is incredible looks like they got the whole town we gotta find her what color blue is she in uh, yellow. All right. 
Yeah, okay, so they've got the whole fucking town here, but fuck everybody else. We're just here for Debbie. Because it's probably too late for everybody, right? Or maybe it's not too late. They've got everybody here. There's a ton of balloons. Start popping the fucking balloons. So they do find Debbie's balloon. And when they do, they can't seem to break through it. They can't seem to pop a fucking balloon. So what are they going to do? Dave's going to use his gun and he's going to shoot through the side of the balloon. Okay, he's probably going to shoot Mike the way that he's fucking aiming it. Or the bullet's going to fucking ricochet off something else. And the bullet could go through other fucking balloons. Like, can't you just do more than one? Can't you save more people than fucking Debbie? Nope. Because uh, I should also mention that the ugly one at one point has uh, a hankering for some human blood and sticks a straw into one of the candy coons, and it's a fucking crazy straw. I think that's really wrong with this country, if I can park it here for a minute, is we don't have enough crazy straws anymore to realize how crazy we truly are. You know, to get some of that uh, you know, aggression out with a really crazy fucking straw. I mean, look at this straw that he's got. It goes up and then does a curvy thing. There's a couple of loops. There's some zigzags. It has, I mean, it's basically about half the size of him. It would take forever to get one fucking drop of blood out of there, but that is a crazy fucking straw. Unless that clown's got some type of like vacuum suction, like type of DSLs, uh, on him that he's able to suck that shit up so fast uh, it would take forever to drink with that fucking straw but that's what we need as a society more crazy fucking straws and less crazy fucking people am I right folks am I right anyway so they get Debbie out of her shell or her balloon I should say and they start to run away and uh, as they're being chased they're starting to be chased by the other clowns and Dave does make a play to maybe try to save some other people. Wait a second, guys. We can't leave. There might be other people still alive in these balloons. Come on, it's too late. Dave! Yeah, it's too late because we're all going to fucking die because we're just trying to save one person because you decided that, hey, we're going to use a gun to pop the balloon versus maybe going getting a knife you've been so quiet this entire time and getting away from the goddamn clowns that all of a sudden you're going to use a gun and call all the clowns to you anyway so they start running (laughs) and we get a a decent little like scooby-doo type chase scene not like the cool old school where they're going through multiple doors, but it's definitely a wacky, like, I need Scooby-Doo music over this while the clowns are running after them. And they're doing that again, that crazy type of run where their legs are bowed out and they're running and they've got another dog for some reason. That's probably the wife uh, of the uh, of dog that got run over before in the beginning of the movie. And she needs to get her fucking revenge because those two are fucking dicks. And they end up in a hallway and we get kind of a funny little scene with uh, another door. Another door. Come on, Mike. Another door. Another door. Dave, meanwhile, he's a pretty goddamn good shot because he's able to actually shoot from very far away and pop a nose at least of one of the clowns to send them spinning, spinning, forever spinning into confetti. Uh, and they finally do get through to the last door and they go through it. Um, and like I said, that scene actually, the visual gag and the way that they've done it is relatively funny. But they end up in this giant open space. 
where all the clowns that they've met so far, including some of the really cheesy, you can tell they just needed to have a clown in this scene with no giant clown head uh, clown, uh, all starting to approach them. And as they started to climb what looks like a giant birthday cake, and before they get to the top, somebody busts through the wall and saves the day. So for the time being, it actually does work and all the clowns start staring at the ice cream car. And inside the the ice cream truck, uh, you have Paul and Rich. They're completely covered in lipstick. So, yeah, they got it on with the clown girls, okay? So you can think about all the different positions they could do, you know, uh, except for maybe their their clown versions of those positions. So... And instead of, you know, doggy style, you've got balloon animal style, where there's a lot of squeaking going on. And then, of course, you know, there's the cream pie, but that's not really, you know, what a cream pie is. It's when they take a cream pie and they smash it all over the place, uh, and then they rub their bodies together. Okay, maybe I'm going to stop, because that might turn a couple of people on. Uh, so, Dave and the gang, they're, they start to try to escape, but all of a sudden, who comes out from the ceiling? Why, it's Omega Clown. <sighs> yep, a giant fucking clown that's really kind of scary and looks like he's tied to strings like a marionette. And it's funny because I think it is just a giant puppet. Uh, I think there's scenes where there's people in the suit. But for the most part, I think the puppet strings that they're using as like decor are really what they're using to control it, which is pretty funny. Oh, so even though Jojo, the ice cream truck, thinks that he's nothing to fuck with, uh, he truly is because the giant clown monster, like, leader grabs the truck and just fucking throws it across the room, uh, killing both Paul and Rich, at least for now, uh, because the car is fucking on fire completely. Uh, and then, uh, Dave decides that he's going to be the hero of the movie and he's going to make sure that Mike and Debbie get out alive. Look, there's a way out now. Mike, take Debbie, get her out of here. I'll draw his attention. No, Dave, don't. We all make it. We can't, Debbie. Stop it. Get her out of here, Mike. What are you doing? Now, Mike. So they both leave, uh, after Dave's request, though, Honestly, they could have all just fucking run for it and they could have all gotten out without any any issues because the, the ship starts trying to leave. Uh, and giant clown monster thing grabs Dave and starts crushing him. Dave runs out of bullets and isn't able to actually shoot giant clown monster thing in the nose, but he realizes, hey, I've got my badge and what am I going to do with it? This is the worst way for this movie to honestly end, uh, as we are getting to this point. But he pops his nose with the badge. Like, this is one of the few things that I never really liked. I'm not a big fan of the ending of this movie. Everything up until Giant Mega Clown, I'm cool with. Uh, but Mega Clown and the way the Mega Clown dies sucks. 
Uh, so his nose gets popped, and that starts causing the whole ship to rupture. Uh, and Dave does get dropped, uh, but the ship ultimately explodes. And they start, you know, all the, the cops that were supposed to be back up, they start showing up. And there's this one fucking woman that, like, when you see her, it's like, who the fuck is this lady? Like, she doesn't look interested. She's supposed to be surprised, but she just kind of like, uh-huh. Uh, it's a giant big top that spins like a top. Wow. I'm so amazed. Like, that's the look on her face, is that it's fucking nothing. Uh, so, the, the the ship ultimately explodes, the clown car lands, lands on the bottom uh, near them, and, of course, everybody's alive, including two people that you thought were dead because they possibly blew up in a fucking car. <laughs> Dave! Oh, man. Wow, what a ride! Well, that's the last time we let you drive. You're alive. Yeah, but I saw you guys get blown up in the ice cream truck. Oh, that. Well, we hid in the freezer with the ice cream. Yeah. Anybody want a dipsicle? Oh, what the fuck? Are you telling me this is where Spielberg and fucking Lucas got the idea for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when fucking Indiana Jones survived in a fucking, like refrigerator these guys oh right before like they were in the front of the fucking van so when the guy grabbed the truck and threw it relatively quick and blew up they had enough time to go into the back hide inside of the ice cream and while everything was on fucking fire fire do you understand it exploded on fire but being in the refrigerator fucking save them how did they get out how did they get around the fire there's no reason for these guys to even be fucking alive let alone be in this fucking movie they're supposed to be comic relief for most of the movie but they ain't fucking funny like they're probably the most cringiest fucking lines in the fucking movie there's points where they're kind of funny but honestly there's no reason for them to survive just fucking kill them they got clown pussy. I get it. Maybe they're going to have half-human, half-clown babies at some point in their life. But, you know, now you're never going to know. I guess it's a way for them to make sure that they don't have to pay any type of clown child support. What is that going to be anyway? Like extra long balloons and maybe some um, some pies here or there, seltzer water. Make sure the kids have plenty of red noses to go around, uh, maybe give them nose guards so they don't pop it. And that's the other thing. How do you go throughout your life not accidentally popping your nose? I mean, you these clowns go around and they can get shot and it pops up a fucking like little pin. You think that they don't have pins in their planet? There aren't like pointy rocks? I could just imagine like you jump off a cliff to go diving into the water because it's crystal clear. It's the most wonderful place you've been into. You dive into the water, you look, and then before you go, you snag the edge of your nose on a fucking rock and there you go. You're fucking dead. You're fucking confetti now, motherfucker. Oh, boy. So... As our heroes look into the sky, they begin to wonder, is it over? And then we get the lovely theme song, and we end our film. Do you think it's over? Yeah, sure. (laughs) 
So before I go on to my conclusion for this uh, episode, I want to say one thing that happened to those guys before the music cuts in, and that's that they get hit by pies. So since they get hit by pies, shouldn't their faces start fucking melting? Because those pies aren't normal pies. Those are fucking acid pies. So anyway, I just want to get that in before I go to the conclusion. Now, are there a lot of things wrong with this movie? Hell yes. There's very bad acting. There's plot points that you can drive a truck through. Uh, You know, there's just... There's some bad ADR or voice mixing or sound mixing, I should say. Uh, and there's characters that don't need to be in this fucking movie at all, uh, and it's just crazy. Uh, what would I like to see more of? I'd like to see, well, really nothing, because there's quite a bit of the clowns doing shit. It's great. I mean, that's one of those things in this film that's fantastic, is the fact that they actually incorporated everything really, really well, you have so many th- different things that the clowns have done. Nothing is ever the same. It's very original, you know, and it's it's amazing for 1988 for a film like this that truly is a B-movie to be such a good and fun time. It deserves the cult classic status, in my opinion, that it does have. Now, uh, for gore, there's not a whole lot of gore. There's a couple interesting scenes. I like the scene when he takes his hand out of the back. Uh, you see a couple of there when they open up the kind of candy, but there's nothing really that gory. Most people get turned into candy or they disappear or they turn into glitter or something like that. I mean, you get the guy's head knocked off and that's a little cheesy, but I'd give the gore in this movie, it's a two out of five. For what they do do, it does look good, uh, but in general, there's nothing really to worry about. Now, the crab factor, it's a two out of five. It's got some ADR problems and it definitely has some plot problems. And it, the character development for some of them. Because even towards the end of the film, Dave is still a creeper. And it looks like he's like all excited when he sees her. And he wants to go down and kiss on top of her head. But she still doesn't want anything to do with him. And I don't know if that's just an actress's choice or an actor's choice. But it's really funny because it seems that she still wants to be with Mike by her body language. And when he tries to be like, look, I saved the day and I did everything right. You're going to come back with me. She's still like, uh, uh. So... There's a couple things I would change about that, but ultimately, you know, that's not the point we're watching the movie. The fun factor of this movie, it's a 5 out of 5. This is one of the most fun movies that you're going to watch if you've never seen this before, in my humble opinion. I have a very big bias against this movie because this is one of my favorite horrible horror movies, as I explained earlier in the podcast, uh, and I just love it to death. So, overall, I give this movie 5 pink cotton testicles out of five it's just so much fun the only thing that kind of drags is the very very end of the film and you're looking at maybe the last 10 minutes of the film a little bit in the beginning but it really does jump you in right away the clown makeup is fantastic the sets are fantastic the the little animations that they do they work for this film uh and you just have so many cool little moments in it that I wish I could go through all of them and just, you know, I wish I could watch the movie with everybody and then go through and do an episode of I'm going to make fun of this the entire time. But it's the type of making fun that it's so 
good to to enjoy and just makes you smile at so many different scenes in this movie and that truly is the mark of a good horror film well a good terrible horror film and i don't know if i'd necessarily classify this as a horror movie it is it's got horror elements to it it has one creepy scene that's really well done uh, but for the most part i mean unless you're afraid of clowns there's not a lot of horror to it so for our next episode, uh, and I'm doing something different this year since this is season two and there should be giant balloons and shit dropping from the sky, uh, but there's not. There's just me here. Uh, but for October, I'm going to do a review every week, and there may not be uh, full reviews, uh, well, full-length movies. Like the first movie that we're going to do uh, I was reached out by Fatal Pictures uh, and asked if I could review a movie of theirs, a short film called Air. So what you gave him, is it going to hurt him? So it looks really interesting, and I agreed to go ahead and give it a review. So we're going to start off the uh, 1st of October. So um, this will be coming out uh, on October 7th is going to be the start of uh, our lovely October month. And we're going to do – I'm going to try to do a film uh, for the 7th, the 14th, 20th, and the 28th of 2016. Uh, and so the first of these is going to be the short film called Air – And I'm going to read this statement that was uh, given to me by the director. It says, Air is a monster movie unlike any other. It is a bleak and fantastical examination of one society's darkest taboos that aims to stimulate the mind and wrench the gut with equal power. Air suggests that the victimization through sexual abuse leads to mutation of the psyche, soul, and sense to depict the various stages of victimization through a trio of characters, father, son, and the monster. Just as the sun represents the potential being of the cycle, the monster reflects the dark and twisted ending, and stuck between these two extremes is the father, who is faced with a choice which might either break or continue the legacy he was unwilling to include in years ago in his own youth. Air is ultimately about the confrontations with that monster, literally and figuratively, which dwells in Gordon's mind and compels him to continue the chain of victimization. There's more to this, but I'm going to leave it off there because I believe it gives a, more of the film away. And I don't want to do that until everybody's either had a chance to see this short film uh, or we do the full-blown review uh, on the next episode. And uh, it can be found on Vimeo. Uh, you can watch it there uh, for rental price. Uh, and I definitely would give it a check uh, before the episode if you can, uh, if you're able to find it out there. So... 
that's it. This is the beginning of season two. I thank everybody that has uh, recently given a lot of support to the podcast. Uh, and uh, I appreciate everybody that was there from the beginning. Uh, a year is a big deal for me. Uh, I did not think I would be doing this for that long, to be honest with you. And I'm glad that there are more people that are uh, being uh, reached out to for this podcast. Like I said, I have some big changes that I want to make for this year. I want to try some different things with the podcast this year. And we'll see what happens. And I'll see when I can get everything up and rolling. But thank you guys. Once again, I cannot thank you enough. You can always follow the podcast on Twitter. It's at t underscore t underscore podcast check us out on facebook facebook.com slash terrible terror podcast you can always rate review uh like subscribe on itunes spreaker uh google play as well as stitcher uh whatever your favorite uh you know listening device is you should be able to listen to the podcast just fine and i always appreciate comments if you guys could leave anything on those sections or just send me uh, you know, if you want to talk uh, horror movies or you want to uh, suggest a couple movies for me to watch, you can always email me directly at terribleterrorpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I'll put things into the queue. So, October is going to be a blowout month because it is Halloween and what's horror's favorite month but Halloween. So, we're doing four reviews this year for season two for October. And the first begins with air. So, thank you guys again and... I'll talk to you soon.